0: Simply Stogies is a passion project that is fan funded. If you enjoy the content Simply Stogies brings to you and would like to see more and different kinds of content, a website, more on location podcasts with blenders, manufacturers or retailers or video reviews, please consider supporting Simply Stogies on Patreon at patreon.com slash simply stogies. Supporting Simply Stogies can get you a ton of perks, including instant access to bonus material, access to Simply Stogies Discord, including a Patreon-only channel, shoutouts on the show and social media, a monthly virtual herf with myself and other supporters, the ability to suggest cigar reviews, cool swag, or the opportunity to do a cigar review on Simply Stogies Podcast. Thank you. For your consideration and your generosity. Now, on to Simply Stogies.
1: You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a Stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply
2: Stogies, James.
0: Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Today, we are in... Lincoln, Nebraska, of all places, for the Nebraska Cigar Festival. And we are at Capital Cigar here in Lincoln, owned by Tony. Tony, say hello to everybody.
2: Hello, everybody. Uh,
0: And we also have with us from uh, Cigars Lounge here in Lincoln, Nebraska, as well, we have Stacy. Stacy. Hey, everybody. So we have two lounge owners with us today, so we're going to try to pick their brains and kind of see what's going on. And we also have with us, uh, we have uh, one of uh, the Cigar Lounge's employees here, the Capital Cigar Lounge, Jeff. Jeff, say Hello.
2: Hey Jeff runs our humidor.
0: Jeff is the humidor coach
2: head coach
0: head coach. I'm not sure how I feel about that
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we also have uh, Kelly here is that right?
2: yeah,
3: Kelly
0: uh, and Kelly, what do you do here?
3: So I do a lot of the bartending. I do a lot of syrup productions. I do a lot of our in-house cocktails and I also sell cigars too so
0: perfect. I kind of want to talk uh, a little bit about how Stacy and Tony got started in Their Cigar Journey. So we're at Capital Cigar. We'll start with Tony. How did you start cigars? How long have you been smoking? Do you remember the first cigar that you've ever smoked?
2: I do. I do. I've been enjoying cigars for about 27, 28 years. Uh, The first cigar I ever smoked was, uh, well, I kind of smoked two in one night. The first was actually a Don Tomas. The second was a Lars T. And that was back in the uh, early, early 80s. Oh, wow. Very first cigar. Don Tomas, Connecticut Shade. And that same night, I smoked a Lars T.
0: Was it love at
2: first puff for you? It was love at first puff. I mean, after that night, I smoked those two cigars. I, I hadn't stopped since. The only time I don't smoke is well, what my wife knows is when, I, when I'm when i sick. <laughs> All right. That's Other than that, is one every night. Maybe two.
0: Stacy, how long have you been smoking? Do you remember your first cigar?
2: Yeah,
1: I do. For about 20 years, and I was actually... Uh, had just graduated law school and a friend of mine who was a lawyer and did barbershop singing with me, smoked cigars. And I said I wanted to try it. And he said, no, you don't want to try it. It's a bad habit. And so he thought he would, uh, I finally talked him to him and give me one. He thought he'd try to get me sick. So I had a Drew Estates And That was my oh, first cigar man. ever.
2: You started up here. Yeah, let me see. <laughs> Holy crap. I, I was
1: about halfway through it. I said, man, this thing's pretty good. and i said no i said you got to teach me about cigars and he said well the best way to learn about cigars is to smoke cigars and i can't believe you're not throwing up yet and i've been an inhaler from the day first one too i I inhale a lot of my cigars oh wow Uh, so i've never done that yeah how are you not dead uh clean living
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's right fair enough Fair enough. and
1: and we're both marines right there you go
0: that's right thank you both for your service uh we, we appreciate that here um so will come back to you, Tony. Just How long has Capital been open? We,
2: are, Well, you know, to really tell the story about Capital, it started with, uh, with uh, Don. I don't know his last name. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, Don owned the original Capital company. It was over going towards the north side of town, not too far from the mall. Uh, and I was Don's customer. And uh, Don did a great job. And he was a retired police officer. I think he has a, a shop now down in Florida. Still a great friend, and uh, he did. A, I loved. I loved Don's cigars. Um, I went into the shop one day, and Don was gone, and I'm mad at Don because he didn't even say bye. I mean, I don't. He was like he disappeared. It was a young guy behind the the uh, counter, and I said, well, "Well, well, who are you?" And he says, "I said, are you uh, filling in for Don or one of his, you know, employees or something?" He said, "No, I'm the owner." I said, "The owner," and he looked like he was fresh out of college, and so. Anyway, through conversation, he he told me his name. He said, Austin Hillis. And I said, are you related to Jeff Hillis? He said, yeah, that's my dad. I said, your dad is my coworker. At the time, I was working at Cabela's, and Jeff Hillis and I were coworkers. And so about two weeks later, Austin had moved it from where it was on the north side of town to uh, 14th and Pine Lake. And so I went in and and uh it was a great, great shop, but still you couldn't smoke there, you know. You could just buy and leave. And so Jeff, his dad said to me, He says, Well, you know, Tony kind of understands business, and maybe you should talk with him about uh running your business and ask him to be a mentor. And so he called me and asked me, and I said, "Awesome." I said, I've got a lot of mentees, I'm I am i am passionate about this business, I love cigars. Uh, it has edified my life in so many ways, and we can talk about that because it is it is really, really something that creates commonality and brings people together. And I said, I'd love to be in the business. And so the original goal was to do a lounge in that building, and we had only planned on just doing a private lounge. We want to cut that facility in half and do a private lounge in back. So we had the engineers to come in, and we had a ventilation system. We had everything already mapped out, ready to actually do the lounge in that building and the day before we were going to start construction the building owner came and said no go so then all of a sudden now we got to find another location and so I was still working at Cabela's at the time and so Austin was driving around and he called me and he says hey I think I found a location and I got off work and I drove over and there was nothing here but dirt and gravel and I walked in I looked nothing here I said wow I said I think we might have something here and so we stood there and we said you know let's think about a mission like what do we want to accomplish and so we carved a mission statement out on dirt because it was just dirt on the ground it wasn't even in the cement and i remember i wrote in the dirt m- many vacations and i had talked with uh our other mentor jeff Dahl, who uh owns safari and my great friend god rest his soul phil siegel who owned a shop called havana fields in greensboro my hometown And they were both talking about mini vacations, many vacations, and how when you enjoy a cigar, it allows you to sit for a while and just relax. And I said, we're going to make that our mission statement. So we create many vacations for our friends. Then we talked about our values. So what do we want people to feel? You know, first value was you treat customers like like friends uh, because relationships matter. Relationships matter. The second value was create an unparalleled experience with every visit. So when people come in... We want them to feel like it's a part of their home. We want them to feel good about coming in and enjoying themselves and enjoying their friends. The third was we wanted our staff to have fun but still be professional. You know, Stacey and I've been to a lot of lounges and people just aren't professional. You know, they just, you know, just aren't professional. And the last one was we wanted to say that we operated not just for cigar smokers, but for the greater good of the community. So we do a lot of things in the community. We're both veterans. Uh, we we recently, uh, two, the two years we've been in existence, um, we've done what is called a veteran's tree. So we go over to the veteran's hospital and we get a list for homeless veterans of things that they need. And we put the tags on the tree and our customers <laughs> come in, take a tag and buy uh, a, a, a an item for the veteran. So two years in a row, we have delivered two truckloads of gifts for homeless veterans. Wow.
0: That's phenomenal. That's quite the story. That's quite the start starting, to Capital you know. Cigar. How did Cigars start?
1: Nothing as cool as that. No, actually, uh, if Cigars <laughs> has sure. been in business about four years. January is four years. And I was a customer and uh, started right after the open. And I would go down there a lot in the afternoons. I'm also an attorney and, and I'm kind of semi-retired as an attorney. So I'd spend a lot of my afternoons down there. And they were open about a year and there was a day they were going to have to be closed on a Saturday because the owners owned another bar, big event out there, didn't have a bartender. So I told him, I said, well, I'll tend bar for you. And uh, the owner said, well, you don't know how to tend bar. And I said, I forgot more about ten and bar than your bartender's ever going <laughs> to And so she let me come in on a Saturday and attended to the bar. And then uh, I started the tend and bar for them on Sundays because it was kind of fun. I, I, I've done a lot of bartending in my past. And they wanted to do events. And they asked me if I'd coordinate the events. And I think that was in September of 17. Mm -hmm. So I started coordinating their events. And then in the spring of 18, we started talking about maybe me managing the place because my law practice was slowly dwindling down more and more. And then about March of 18, they said, well, instead of managing it, do you want to just buy it. And so we looked at some numbers and said, sure, and went through the process of getting a liquor license, which takes forever. And, and uh, November 1st of 18, I took over then as owner and manager, and the owner stayed on as one of my bartenders, which was kind of an interesting transition. And I think it was shortly after that, or maybe right before that, you all opened, like October was it, of 18? (laughs) Yeah. And I can remember everyone saying, boy, I bet you're mad you're buying a bar now with another one open competition. And I actually came out and talked with Tony some, and him and I have kind of the same philosophy that a raising tide lifts all boats. And we're not really in competition with each other. We're in competition with other forms of entertainment out there. He has a lot of customers that come here regularly, but still, when they're downtown, come to my place. I got a lot a of cool customers me. that come regularly, yeah. And then, and I come in once twice a month or better. I try to come in every week if I can. Um, so, and we have got a lot of customers that come back forth, and we've made it co- comfortable for our customers because we let them know, hey, I'm, I mean, I remember the first time I came in here and ran, and one of my guys that comes in like two or three times a week, and he's looking at me like he's going to be in trouble. <laughs> you know, and I sit down I drink. Saying, No, that's fine. It's cool. It's 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 um like say a raising tide lifts all boats and i've seen businesses in my past where they compete and fight and all it does is make the customer base mad and then they go somewhere else And and i've actually seen that happen so it's not a good thing um and we have a lot of the same philosophies like what they're doing with the homeless veterans we do a thing with the city mission where people bring in stuff to donate to mission and we got a christmas tree and they put another tree and Go drop off stuff at the City Mission. Wow. And That's-
2: actually, the unique thing about it is I was one of the first customers at Cigars. So the previous owner, before it was open, I was texting him saying, when are you going to open? So the first night Cigars opened was the night of the Cigar Festival. Of the Cigar Festival, yeah. And I actually went to Cigars instead of going to the Cigar Festival. <laughs> and uh, I bought two lockers. I bought one for myself and one for Tim Clare. So like Stacy said, we are... We're friends, man. Yeah,
0: It's like you read my mind. That was going to be my next question is how do you run your own business, which is very similar. Like it's the same business and not have that competition. There's no friendly rivalry. There's not, it sounds like you two are
1: legitimately friends and we are. Yeah. Yeah. And it raises a game too, because uh, I think you guys started with homemade syrups before we did, but now we have homemade syrups. Mm -hmm. So it's a better experience for our our customers, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, When I started there at Cigars, they didn't have a cocktail menu at all. And, you know, the first night I walked in, they had a cocktail menu. I'm like, I got a cocktail menu. We had a menu of, you know, here's our bourbons, here's our scotches. Um, And we revised it two or three times. And, you know, you start looking at your humidor, too. It's like, we got to have better cigars and we got a better display. It's, you know, where if you're the only game in town, you can just throw whatever you want out there. and Mm -hmm. Sure. So it raises our you know, raises each other's game. And there's it just a lot makes of it better rap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just makes it better for the customer.
2: Well he sells Ashens. I I bought Ashens from his lounge the other day. Mm. There's a dance studio right next door. And so my wife and I take dance at the little I think it's the Del Rey. Yeah, the Del Rey. Uh, yeah. The Del Rey. So what I can do now is I get to cigars early, have a cigar before I have to go damn dance. With my wife. <laughs> Does that relax
0: you before the before going to have to? Yeah, because I,
2: I didn't really want to take these right, dance yeah, classes. No, I understand. <laughs> like I, I didn't have a choice.
0: I didn't think you did. <laughs> uh, would anybody sitting at the table want to take the dance classes? <laughs>
3: no man is. right. No exactly. <laughs> I feel like you know. Hey, I, I uh, grew up in Las Vegas, and I moved to the Midwest. And um, I feel like you kind of have to know how to square downs and do the pretzel. <laughs> that is not You have tre- to know how to do the pretzel. The, the pretzel. And I have nailed the pretzel. <laughs> none of so. that. None
0: of what you said is accurate. None of it. What? All right. <laughs> I can, <I> can <laughs> two step. Personal,
3: personal, personal <laughs> preference.
0: So let's talk about the community because both of you seem to be very active uh, uh, in the community and doing things for the community and, 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 and getting involved in, in trying to better the community. So when you do that, let's just be honest, uh, cigar smoking and tobacco as a whole is not looked very kindly upon uh, in society today. So how does that impact you trying to, because I've seen it where I'm at, where they try so hard, these these little groups, because we don't have a lounge where I live. So there's these, Mm. these little clubs, these little social clubs, smoking clubs that try to get involved in the community. And the community just does not care because you're a smoker. Do you get any of that or is the community very welcoming of you here in Lincoln and say, yes, thank you. I, we appreciate all you're doing for us.
1: So I've worked a little bit with some of the city councilmen because there's some things I'd like to get changed down the Haymarket. For example, we have a goofy law down there that you can't drink on city property and the alley goes all the way up to my building. So even though I've got chairs and nice tables and it's beautiful outside, you can't take a drink outside, even though you can every other bar in the Haymarket. And you can smoke outside. Um, one of the things, though, I think that we're fortunate with here in Nebraska is you have to be 21 to buy anything in a cigar lounge. Wow. So a 20 year old kid can't even come in here and buy a coke. So when I do talk to councilmen, I say, "Look, I don't, I don't sell the little flavored vape things, and I don't cater to kids, and we don't let kids in. You got to be 21 to even buy a coke, you know." a, a 19 year old kid can go to a cliff cigar shop and buy a cigar and he can sit on that chair in front of my patio and smoke it legally, but he can't come inside and smoke it. They can't, they can't bring in their own smoke. it. so we, I don't think we get a lot of negative pushback from the community and the community government that some places do. Um, and, and the places that are in the hay market, for example, where I'm at the do let under 21 in, I think get a lot of bad stigma because well, they're getting nailed all the time for kids drinking, underage kids drinking, but we just and like on game day, you can be eighty five years old. If you don't have an ID, you're not drinking a place. Everyone's got to have an ID. And um, and that's a law too, actually. Even if you're 85, you gotta have an ID on you to buy alcohol. You know, so um, we just enforce the rules and it doesn't really cause us any problems. So do you think that that raising
0: the, the legal tobacco purchasing age to twenty one is a good thing overall for the industry?
1: No, I, I, I'm a former Marine Republican. I think it's a horrible thing. I believe in freedom and liberty. Um, and, you know, <laughs> Marine Republican. You, you yeah. got some high school. <laughs> you you got some Marine school, Republicans yeah, right here. Ask some high school kid to sign up for the service and go over to Iraq. He should be able to buy whatever he or she wants. Thank you. I'm Absolutely. of the same.
0: I'm of the same mind. It seems like it works better for business if 21. Like this is especially here in Lincoln, where you can purchase alcohol at the at the cigar lounge. Like in right. Iowa. There's no, there's no liquor. There's no beer. There's no. You have a cigar lounge. It's a cigar lounge. You can bring in your own, but you can't purchase.
4: That just seems worse to me because then you're, you don't have the controls of a bartender making sure that somebody's being properly served or cutting them off at the right time or giving them a water and and tell them to pause and get a snack or something like that. That seems like worse than if you actually sold it and regulated
3: it. Cog is the same way. Yeah. It's Chicago uh, is the same way. That's you know, they bring bring your own beer, bring your own booze, um, and there's only a, there's a couple cigar lounges, a couple cigar places where you can do that, but not a ton. But I could just imagine the, what goes on in there, and right, what goes on afterwards, which is right the main problem is yeah. what most politicians think.
0: The problem that I have with it personally is that we send our kids over, 18 years old. Hey, you can't purchase alcohol. You're not old enough to make that decision, and you're not old enough to make the decision if you want to smoke. But you can go ahead and make the decision to serve Uncle Sam and go overseas and possibly die. I just have a huge – I can't wrap my mind around the, the the mental gymnastics needed.
3: Think about uh, think about not just military, but think about uh, colleges. Absolutely. Hey, you can take out a $100,000 loan. Yep. Yeah. But uh you can't buy beer until you're 21. Right. I think that's even more ridiculous or just as equally as ridiculous yes. as signing up for the military, yep. right? Like the student loans and really like I can't get a tattoo at, you know, 17 years old but I can decide if I want to go to college at 17.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, no, I I agree. So you don't think it's good for the industry overall
1: or even from a, a, a from a lounge owner here you don't think that it's I don't know if it's a question whether it's good or bad and and I don't think it's what the analysis should be because again I believe in liberty and I believe in freedom so it should be choice it should be choice now if if an 18 year old can't act responsibly as the owner as a bartender it's on me to say you've had too much right you know let me get you an uber let me get you a cab yeah so you you know you got to manage your place you got to be a steward of your place to make sure that people aren't Being crazy, but even I mean, you get twenty-five year olds, fifty-year-olds in there that can't handle their booze, you know, and you gotta you gotta manage them. So I don't know if it's necessarily magic at this age of all of a sudden, right? Right. No, I understand
3: that. You know, uh, being from going to Europe and things like that, where you can drink at Mm eighteen, you know, they they have way more stricter laws in terms of drunk driving, public intoxication, like. You are you are an adult at eighteen. Doesn't matter if you're twenty one or not. Like you are an adult, take care of yourself. You can go get a drink. You can go get booze. Take care of yourself. Right. If you're not, you're going under the full extent of the law. And that's how. And you know, America hasn't really gotten that. It's there's a little bit of disconnect. Sure. Between those two. For things. sure. I you think that
0: I think that their heart, their is in the right place. Like we want to make everybody better, but at the same time, it's not. It's not their job.
3: I agree. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's more of a like, we're trying to flip the bill on responsibility on whoever. Right. And make the government that responsible for yeah. the
0: individual instead of the individual responsible for themselves.
3: No, yeah, yeah. I understand. And, and you know, we're America. It's like, it's all about the individual, but it's, you know, there's a disconnect for
2: sure. I mean, one of the things that, that we do, we make sure that we continuously differentiate a person that enjoys cigars versus a person that smokes a cigarette. It's, it's an actually a different profile. For sure. Yeah. It's a huge difference. And we drive that difference home at every turn. Like in public, I don't even use the word smoke cigar. I use the word enjoy cigar because it's what we do. We enjoy cigars. People smoke cigarettes. You don't see people going outside taking a cigar break. You see people outside of the building taking a smoke break. The only time you're going to light a cigar is if when you have time to enjoy it because it's going to take time. And what we say is a cigar is something that creates a bond. There's a culture in what we do. Because when you enjoy a cigar, regardless as to your financial situation, your socio-economic situation, even your political or religious affiliation, what we guarantee is over a cigar, you will find out you have more in common than you do apart. And some of the best relationships on the planet have happened over a cigar. Now tell me when that happens over a cigarette. Never. Never. <laughs> and that's the real difference. Yeah. And that's how we, and that's and that's our public service message, which is real for us that enjoy this leaf. No, absolutely.
0: Let's talk about that for a second and then we'll kind of roll into uh, the etiquette that, that you see in the lounge that you guys own. So do you allow cigarettes to be smoked in your lounge? If somebody comes in, they want to smoke. Cigarettes do you allow it?
1: They can't. It's illegal.
0: It's illegal. Against the law. That's okay. Right. Yeah. So you don't so you don't allow no cigarettes. that. Cigarettes. All right. So if
1: it were legal, I would not allow it.
0: Okay, so how much... Neither would we. Okay, so how much uh, uh, etiquette or poor etiquette, cigar etiquette, do you see on a daily basis? Tony, you, like, so you own this, you own Capital Cigar, you're in here, <laughs> Jeff's going to Jeff take this one.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff's here Jeff. more than I am. <laughs> Jeff, I mean, yeah, Just, me and Jeff will... Yeah, yeah. You, we, they can yeah. answer this. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: You know, um, I mean, you, you always see that, uh, the cigar don'ts list out there, like, Things like don't stomp your cigar out. I mean, we see it we see it every day. You know, makes the ashtrays tougher to clean out, uh, and and it stinks. Frankly, I mean, that's that's the reason you don't do it. I mean, the thing will go out in a minute or two, generally, anyway. So, I mean, it's just not necessary to do. I think the biggest battle we face with cigar etiquette is is uh, people honestly bringing cigars in, you know, to smoke that they they've bought online or or you know bought somewhere else and bring in. I mean, and and cutting fees is something that Lincoln hasn't really gotten to. I mean, we see it in Omaha, um, but, and maybe it's the winter time, but we see it so much more recently. Really? Yeah. And I don't know if it's the people who normally smoke out on their porch and it's just too cold, but I mean, it's, it's, it's almost a, a problem right now.
2: You know, James, what I was saying, I've been like this from day one, 26 years. I've never walked in a person's lounge because i'm i as 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 a form of respect for a person's business and i've never walked in in a person's lounge without buying a cigar from their humidor i'm gonna buy a cigar you know i might like i might have a cuban or i might have something else but i am going to and not just one i'm gonna buy multiple cigars from that person's lounge and i do that i travel the country i travel the world and it's 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 personal For me, because I need to support that business owner. I bought that one. Yeah, yeah. same thing. I went down to see the two. The uh, I was I was down there twice last week. I came in. I bought three cigars each time. But you find you that that level of etiquette. uh, To Jeff's point, it's just something going on in Lincoln about that.
4: Yeah, when I went and visited Stacy's place, I didn't even think about. I mean, I had cigars in the car. Yeah. I'm not carrying them. I'll bring my own cutter and lighter and use that. Well, sure. Yeah. I'll bring my equipment with me. But I didn't even remotely consider bringing in a cigar. Well, no, that's and sure.
0: that was with, with Tim and I as well. Like, I brought you cigars today yeah, for, yeah. as a thank you for setting this up. Yep. And you somehow, for whatever reason, gave me cigars back because you're <laughs> yeah, a jerk. That's that's, that's that's right. what we do. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. What that's how we, we roll. It is how what we roll. do. And the, the community is like that, and I love the community for it. But I had no thought. Of smoking one that you gave me, I went and purchased this one and we'll stick around. We talked about how long we were gonna stay here tonight and what we were gonna do, and, and I'll, we'll smoke another one.
3: So, yeah. I, and you know, I think that's 80% of people that walk into the lounge. That's 80% of the people. They'll come in, buy a cigar, relax, and enjoy. And the other 20% sometimes actually, you know, I don't mind if somebody brings in their own cigars but buys a cocktail, especially if we serve alcohol. That's, that's fine. Like buy a nice, buy a nice uh, cocktail, have your own cigar. I'm totally okay with that.
0: And We talked about that as well because, as I said, you guys have something different here that I don't have, and that is your, the ability to buy liquor. Yeah. So if somebody comes in with their own cigars but they buy a couple of cocktails, is that okay? Is that etiquette all right? Or would you prefer that they buy a cigar first? Whether or not they smoke that one or the one they bought, just purchase a cigar
3: You know, you know. I would say, as a bartender, I'm okay with that. As an owner, I mean, yeah. As an owner, (laughs) I don't know, but
1: I'm okay if they if they bring in their own cigar and they buy cocktails or buy drinks. Um, There's two things I don't like, and I have one customer that loves to do this: (laughs) buy cigars online and then bring them in and then give them to everybody. And and I, (laughs) I actually, I actually asked her if she could stop doing that. And she said, well, why? And when I explained it to her, the lights went on. Okay. And she was very apologetic, and she hasn't done it since. And I said, and here's another thing. The cigars you're buying online, I, I happen to sell. And so if you would like, you know, talk to me, I am I, I can give you a cut. I can give you a break. If it was something you didn't
0: sell, Yeah, um, I can get Maybe.
1: But, but I do have a few people that come in and will bring in their own cigars and order water. And... That's the point where I'm thinking mm-hmm. I need so to start doing the, the cutting cut. fee. And yeah. I would say that's the, so the same
3: way. that's the like 5% that yeah. walk in the door. Yeah. Right? It's not a lot, it's, it's not a lot, but it's like, mm, come on, dude. Right. right. You know, and you know, also I, we have like private lounge members who buy boxes and it's, it's hard on like a Friday night to kind of differentiate between that. Right. right. Is this a private member who's bought a box from us or somebody who's bought or somebody who just yeah, brought, brought in from somewhere else? It's, sure. and you know, Friday, Saturday nights where you have most of your staff on, we can't differentiate between that. It's tough. But I tell my
1: bartenders and servers, you got to give that guy the exact same service you give every, everyone yeah. else. Totally, 100% agree. Because there's, there's, right. you make 20 people happy, one or two of them is going to do a review on Yelp or they're going to tell somebody. You make one person mad, they're telling 20 people. Yes. I wouldn't yeah. go in there. I can't ever get my water refilled. Right. You know? Yeah. And in the year, you spend a cumulative $5 because every once in a while, you'll buy a Coke. And that's why right. I think right. Jeff's, right.
0: Jeff's job is the hardest as the humidor coach. You know, he knows what's going on in humidor. He comes. Somebody comes in. They never remember what he they that he said to them, but they remember how he made them feel. Exactly. So, so it, it can be difficult. You're right. Like you have to give everybody the same level of customer service. And I want to get back to the etiquette, but before I do, I want to talk about uh, ordering online and how that affects your your guys's business. Now, for me, and I I, I heard the sigh. Mm-hmm. For me, yeah. I don't have a local lounge where I'm at in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I have no lounge. The nearest lounge is two hours away. So for me, I have no choice but to order my cigars online, and so for me, it's great. But whenever I go to a B and M, I always buy just like you do because I, sure. I, I feel like sure. that's what you should do. You should support whatever B and M you can whenever you can. Sure. Is it good for you guys? Is it bad for you guys? I mean, we just talked about the etiquette of it, but is there a decrease in sales? Do people come in
4: asking for deals? Like, what? What are you guys' thoughts on that? We don't we don't run into it very often where where somebody's coming in and. Asking us to match an online price or or trying to get uh, deals. We, we try to k- pick brands that aren't highly discounted online. I mean, first of all, when we're making selections, I mean, that's why you're not seeing a lot of Gurkha in our humidor and, and things like that. Uh, so we definitely pay attention to that. Most of the brands we buy, there's there's price restrictions on. Uh, so the most are supposed to be online is 10% off, you know, a lot of them. Uh, different things like that. That goes into the selection process. Okay. Uh, but uh, we have people who come in here and completely stock their humidor from from local buying.
0: So is that the same for you, for, for you then, Stacey? Like you, you try to pick cigars that aren't going to be discounted online. Yeah. So it affects
1: it, what you carry. In fact, when you said Gurkha, I almost started laughing out loud because when I bought the Lounge, <laughs> we had like 15 faces of Gurkha. And I said, well, I'm never refilling them. Right. Because people would buy them for half price of what I, I mean, they could buy them for what I bought them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Nebraska recently started doing sales tax online, which has helped a little bit. I wish they would also do the twenty mm. percent tax. A lot of our customers don't know if, if we buy a box of cigars for hundred bucks, we got to pay the state twenty. That's right. Wow. We pay a twenty percent tax up front, which well, we roll into the price of the cigar. But then at the same time, then the manufacturers, well, Keystone, we don't want you sell it for more than twice what you buy it for. So, wow. In my mind, that twenty percent tax is part of what I bought it for, but. I never even thought about
0: that—that it does with the tax and then how it can affect the inventory that you carry. So that is always top of mind for you guys. So is it good for the industry, or is it not good for the industry? Buying
1: cigars online. Yeah. Uh, Well, I think it's good because I think there's a lot of people just don't have cigar shops. Yeah. You know, or lounges where they're at, and so you know, it's nice when folks. You know, you live in a place that there's no local store. You're a cigar smoker, so when you come to Lincoln, you're going to come to our lounges. You know, you know. I mean, I used to know people that I only smoke cigars when I go to Las Vegas. Why? Well, there's no place around here to smoke cigars, so I think it's good and it it puts more people in the community to smoke cigars. And like I say, the people who actually buy online a lot come in a lot. It's it's not too obtrusive. Okay. But if it got that way, we'd we'd get together and say, hey, w- let's start doing a cut fee, and I think we talk about it and come up with a same price.
2: That, yep, you know, totally agree, Stacy. Yeah. yeah, totally agree.
1: So there's no undercutting or anything with you
0: guys. No.
1: no, no, and in fact, no. And right now, our humidor has maybe four or five items that are. I mean, we got some black label. I'm trying, but I look at his prices and um what did I used to have? Oh, when I had the Alec Bradley Fine and Rare, I was charging eight dollars more than him. So I've I lowered my price to the same price because like that's just going to make people mad, right? right? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I wow. should have told you to raise your price eight bucks. <laughs> 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 That'd have be been good, Stacey. That'd be good. You're not charging enough for this one, Tony. So,
0: <laughs> let's get back to etiquette. Like, what is the most egregious thing
1: you've ever seen in your lounge? Like, the, it, etiquette-wise. I had a guy that would flick his ashes on the floor every time. Every time, wow. And I have a little vacuum. I went over and I vacuumed it up, and I hit him in the feet. I said, "That's an ashtray." <laughs>
0: <laughs> and
1: he just looked at me, and he still did it. Did you kick him out? He was an out-of-towner businessman traveling through. I mean, he was drinking you know, $20 scotches. He was just being, being an, a... Being uh, a mess. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, eight years of Marine Corps, I try not to cuss anymore. didn't know for that. But, <laughs> <clears throat> I swear yeah. like a
0: sailor, so sorry.
1: But if he was someone that came in all the time, I'd have been, hey. And I've had customers. We used to have a guy I'd come in, and he'd take a whole couch, and he'd spread everything out all over the place. And I told him, I said, this is in your living room, you know. Other people might want to sit on this couch, too, someday. You know, I was in there with a cold one time, and I had uh, uh, Kleenex on both sides. <laughs> hey, my friend, <laughs> I don't want to have to clear, uh, Clorox the whole
0: the whole couch. What about you? What's the most egregious thing you've seen in your lounge?
3: Honestly, like it's a second home to most of our regulars. Um, so a lot of them will actually do work here, right? They come in at two o'clock in the afternoon, and they're on their laptop. They're on conference calls, and Honestly, sometimes I'll let them in the back conference room. I'll let them in the back to have a quiet moment and mm-hmm. actually just, you know, have an actual good conference call. And we haven't done anything too bad, honestly. Um, we we've got a good community here.
1: The cigar community overall, though, is pretty much, you know, yeah more mature. It still kills me every once in a while when someone will throw up in the lounge. That, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, uh, that's what I was about to okay, say. Okay, actually, that happens. I think yes, that, that happens happened. more at my place in here because we're down the Haymarket, and there's a lot of college bars, and these kids start going, and they, and now they've hit six places, and they come in, and oh, I'm going to try that cocktail. You know, they've been drinking beer, and next thing you know, they're in the bathroom. Right. Um, whereas you know, it, you got to drive to get to another bar here, where we got half a dozen within walking distance. Mm-hmm. And That's no fun.
0: No. Let's talk about the wildest thing you've seen in your lounge, like the absolute where your jaw hit the floor and you went, what the actual, what is going on? Like, what is the wildest thing you, and then you were just like, no, you got to go. Every lounge has that story. What's, what's, what's capital lounges?
2: Well, I, I think, well, one night a lady came in and you could clearly tell that she was, she was on something. And, She came in and she wanted to be served. And I was here and and I think my staff was kind of seeing because we had always said, listen, if someone looks as if they've had too much to to drink, then don't serve them. Right. So I think at the time the team was kind of looking to see how I was going to handle it and what I was going to do. And she staggered. She did a zigzag all the way to the bar. And by the time she got to the bar, she sat down and she said she wanted a Jack and Coke. So I pulled up beside her, and I said, ma'am, I think tonight you're going to have a cup of coffee and a glass of water. And she had bought a cigar. And she looked at me, and she said, I want a GD Jack and Coke. I said, ma'am, with all due respect, there ain't going to be no Jack and Coke going on tonight. (laughs) It's not going to (laughs) happen. And she had driven up there, and I was real nervous because I'm like, man, if she gets behind that wheel and goes off and does something, um, I made sure that we documented that she didn't have a drink when she came in. We didn't serve her. Uh, Lo and behold, she left, but she left walking, and it was cold outside. And her car stayed outside for about four hours. And then all of a sudden, she showed up again. She came back in and tried to get that same Jack and Coke. <laughs> was
0: she in the same state as she was four hours ago?
2: I don't know where she was, but wherever she went, either she walked somewhere or somebody picked her up, but she came back she went to Jack and Coke again. I still didn't give her the Jack and Coke, and then she got in the car and she drove off. Wow. What about your lounge, cigars? So I was sitting there one night, and uh, this really nice-looking
1: lady with a very handsome young man stood up and grabbed him by the hand and took him into the ladies' room. Oh, jeez. And now, I don't know if you've ever been in our ladies' room, but our ladies' room has three stalls, but one of them has a locking door. It's a private room, and that little private room was about the size of your restrooms here, a little bit smaller. Uh-huh. And I just looked at that, and I said, She's she drug guy in there? And everyone's like, yeah. So I asked this lady of mine to go make sure there was no other ladies in there, what they were doing. She comes out, and she's like, oh, my <laughs> no one else since so I go in there and sure enough put together the door they were getting busy wow and uh, so I stood there for a minute and and I wondered what to do <laughs> but finally I just rapped at the door real hard and told them to go get a room and walked out of the bathroom and about five minutes later they walked out and paid their tab and left <laughs>
2: Stacy your story's better than mine
0: <laughs> let's talk about the Nebraska Cigar Fest so this has been going on for how many years now? Do you guys know?
1: I think it's over fifteen, but I'm not sure. Fifteen years,
0: and it this sounds right. And and this is the largest fest here in Nebraska, right? Mm-hmm. Every year. Yes. Okay. How many people are coming? Do you think? Like, is it has it been going up,
1: going down as far as attendance? I this will be my third year going out. Okay. So I think from the first two years I was there, attendance was about the same. It looked seemed to me pretty busy I mean a lot of people come yeah
0: and there's gonna be reps there right right yeah okay. how good is that for the cigar community here in Lincoln or even in the Midwest overall do you think that it's it is it bringing is it bringing revenue to your lounges
1: yeah, I, it, yeah um, so I I don't go out there to sell stuff last year I brought some stuff out to sell this year I'm not gonna bring anything to sell I just go out to promote the lounge mm-hmm. so we'll be giving out a cigar giving out drink tickets have pictures of the lounge, give people an opportunity to sign up for our uh, mailing list, um, might have a contest where we draw one to get a free locker for the year. Oh, wow. um, but we do have a lot of people that say, cigars lounge, what's that? You know, they didn't know. We still get people walk in. I've lived in Lincoln all my life, didn't even know this was here. And, and I'm jaded <laughs> when it comes to advertising. I don't care what anybody says, radio, print, TV, none of that crap works. Thank you. What works is word of mouth, Thank so you. we get out there for the exposure.
2: Hundred percent the same. You're right. I wish you would have told me that radio didn't work. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're right, it does not work.
0: Now, is that, do you think that that's because of the climate around tobacco right now, socially, or is it just it? It's just the nature of the business that radio, print, whatever doesn't work.
1: Well, I have my own philosophies on advertising, and I'll give you a good example of it. What advertising does is reinforce name recognition. So if you, if I bought a billboard, for example, for my law offices, and it said all this stuff on it, no one's going to see it. If all of it said was Williams Law Offices, it's kind of like you see one that says Budweiser, you see Coke. And it doesn't make you want to jam on the brakes and get a Budweiser or Coke, but the next time you're thinking about a beer or a soft drink, maybe. But people driving by billboards, they don't have time to read it all. You're sitting in your car, you're listening to the radio. If, if there's a catchy jingle, you know, or something like that, yeah, you might remember it. But no one's listening. I mean, very people, I think, listen to a radio ad and say, well, I got to write this down. I got to do that. So, you know, I mean, I've done it. I've done radio. I've done print. You know, I'm in a magazine right now that's in every hotel in the Haymarket, and I got a free drink in it. So if these people go to the room, they get it. It's right there. Come down to Scars Lounge, get a free drink. I haven't had a soul come in with one of them coupons. <laughs> it's been fifteen hundred dollars for this ad. Wow, yeah. you know I got a soul. same deal. Yeah, it, it, yeah, they just don't, don't work. This doesn't work. Now, if I'm up in my room and I want to get a pizza delivered, well, grab me that damn ad. See what's around here. Right. But have you ever gone to a hotel and seen those ma- those magazines with all the ads in them and said, "Oh God, I got to read that. See what's going on in Las Vegas." See what's-. No, no,
3: never. Well, I mean, part of that too is like, if you want to find something like niche like this who do you go ask concierge mm-hmm. a person you know and that's the word of mouth
0: so networking it's, it's
3: that it's that other person even just like maybe a local that you find that or somebody you know especially if you're doing business in that city and you're like hey where do i go and actually enjoy a drink it's going to be that person you're talking to
1: the other beautiful thing is google they call all the time you know your business we can get yeah. you number one we get- Look, I'm going to be one, two, three, or four. Now one, two, or three. Right. And I even had them pull it up once, and Capital came up first. Well, we can get you. A, I said I'm right under them. You know, the <laughs> guys in the yeah. hay market—they're coming here to the south side of town they're going there. Hopefully, they'll go to both. You know, so I don't spend any money in the internet. I don't spend any money on radio. If somebody wanted to open up
0: a cigar shop today, would you? Would you? Would you say yes? Absolutely, do that, or would you be like no? Don't do it. It's too much work. It's too much hassle. There's not enough return on investment. Whatever the case may be, would you would you tell somebody to do it? If they were passionate about it, like, yeah, I want to do it. I want to open up a cigar shop. What advice would you give them? Well, the first place
1: the thing I would ask, well, where? And do you want to open Lincoln? Because, um, no, there's enough. Well, <laughs> see, and there may be, but I've had cigar reps said this town can handle five lounges. If they were in the right locations and worked together right and did it right. Because you're just going to expand the culture and make it bigger.
0: Well, we, I mean, we
1: have an example of it. We had a cigar bar here. Jake's been here 15 years or better. Yeah. Somebody tried to open one up right across the street. And I mean right across the street. Direct. And compete for the exact same college crowd that's his crowd, his college crowd. And it didn't work. And, you know, the reps told him, the new guy, he said, Hey, I've been doing business in 15 years. You think I'm going to come in here now and compete right whereas when capital opened up here they i mean if they'd been right across the street from me probably wouldn't have been happy about it but down here this is good because now people that are in south lincoln how many people come in here that live down here in south lincoln but they come here because it's convenient and now and they they didn't go all the way down down to my place but now when they are downtown for game day they Mm got to stop by cigars
2: that's right that's right Mm -hmm. i have family members that came to town they went Mm -hmm. to the game Oh, we had a great time. I I told them, go to cigars. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be downtown. You're gonna be at the game, and it was a lot of them. They, I said, go to cigars, and support Stacy. And out of respect for him, you know, when we thought about doing a lounge, we had a lot of folks that said, go to the Haymarket, go to Haymarket. And I said, let me tell you something. Out number one, out of respect for Stacy, we're not going to the Haymarket. Austin and I made that decision up front. We said we're gonna go to the south side of town. I mean, you you look at the city of Lincoln, you got territories in the city. And so to Stacy's point, there are territories because the city has grown that could support a small lounge. Yeah. Without
0: question. So let's talk about that because you brought up expanding the cigar community, expanding the culture. How do you do that? In your mind, how do you do that? I think part of it is the community outreach that, you, that both of you have talked about and doing that and, and, and being involved
1: in the community. But beyond that, how do you do that? Well, one of the things you got to do is is make an experience for your customers when they come in. Tell them, invite your friends, thank them for coming in. Tell them, hey, we're South Tide. Go to Capitol. And hey, Mark, and go down to cigars. That's right. And then they start bringing their friends in. You know, don't be like the first guy who gave me a cigar. To Tried to keep me from smoking. but Give him the strongest one in the world. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, and then we go out to cigar festival. Um, when I meet people, I'm wearing my cigar shirt all the time. I actually had a hearing. I'm an attorney. and I had a hearing one day and I'm sitting in my law office. It's nine 30. And I'm thinking there's something going on today at 10 o'clock. And I don't remember what it is. My paralegal comes in and says, when you going to put your suit on? And well, now I remember what, <laughs> it, I was. Remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a suit at the office. I did have a sport coat. So I went to court and just a sport coat and a polo shirt. And the judge just looked at me kind of funny. And I thought about maybe telling him I spilled something on me. And I told him, Judge, I just forgot my suit. And he said, what do you, you got on? So I showed him the logo. He goes, I know that place. I says, yeah, I own that place. <laughs>
0: and <clears throat> I it hope was, it was a good experience for you, Your yeah, Honor. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so uh, he told me to make sure I wore a tie next time I showed up. At
2: <laughs>
1: but at least
0: he knew the place. Mm-hmm. So that's good. That's right. So how about you? How, how do you expand the culture? How do you get people to come in the door? How do you get people interested in cigars as a whole?
4: I think Stacy put it right. I mean, uh, you want people to come in, bring their friends, and, and get them that first-time experience. We get a ton of first-time cigar smokers in here. Um, in fact, uh, when the shop was just a retail shop, they probably carried 10% mild cigars. And what we found is being a lounge, you get so many first-time smokers who are like, I just want to try something mild my first time, um, that it's probably 30% of the requests. And so you got to adjust your humidor to match being a lounge compared to a retail place where only cigar nerds come in to buy stuff. And I mean, uh, typically, you know, the, the cigar nerds like me aren't looking for mild, mild cigars. Um, so you really got to have something that appeals to all audiences and being able to fulfill those needs of those folks that come in, help expand that culture, help expand that community. They have a positive first cigar experience. They want to have a second one. Not only that, they want to tell their friends about it. You know, hey, I had a great experience at Capital. I had a great experience at cigars. We need to go down and do that for our next gathering instead of hitting this, you know, the same old bar we hit all the time. And so I think that's that's a huge part of it. Um, one of our values, is creating an unparalleled experience. When you do that for people, they want to share it. They want other people to have the same kind of experience.
0: That's a good answer. That's a
4: good answer.
3: Yeah, hundred um, percent. I mean, when I sell cigars, it's uh, especially to first time smokers, it's like, Hey, this cigar is really great. And it won't put you up on your ass. You know, you're, <laughs> you're not going to feel sick. You're not going to do anything. Like this is a good mild first time cigar and it's going to have tons of flavor. It's not going to be weak. And I mean, 99% of the time it works.
0: Nice. Nice. So we're here at Capital Cigar. Give us the address here at Capital Cigar.
2: We are at 5505 South 16th Street, right here in the great city of Lincoln, Nebraska. The the, the great state of Nebraska, the great city of Lincoln. Uh, and we uh, operate right between 16th and 14th Street, uh, Landmark Culver's, Dairy Queen, Shout out to Scooters Coffee, our friend Jason Metcalf. That's where we are. Nice. What's your signature drink, Kelly?
3: Uh, I mean, it's
2: got to be our old-fashioned.
3: Really? Uh, We make our own syrup. Um, I actually pioneered our rye old-fashioned syrup. So if you like rye, um, our regular old-fashioned, it's nice and sweet, bourbon flavor, orange slice. Our rye old-fashioned, citrusy, warm, it's perfect. And then I, of course, man, if you ask... You know, whatever drink you want, I'll make you a cocktail that you'll love. There you go. So.
0: That, that, that You can't
3: ask
2: what, for much more about, than that. Kelly, what about the barrel-aged?
3: Uh, I mean, we do barrel-aged as well. Um, we do a barrel-aged Manhattan, barrel-aged Vuccare. And I just made a new cocktail that I think we can barrel-age as well, El Presidente. A nice rum cocktail that could really use some age in a barrel. That would be great. So Nice,
0: nice. Jeff, somebody comes in. Uh, tell us a little bit about the humidor. What do you got going on in
3: there?
4: Well, I mean, we always have a, a really nice selection of Alec Bradley. We're the only uh, Alec Bradley partner lounge in the United States. There's some international locations, but uh, we're, th- we're the only one here in the good old U.S. Uh, so they get first shot in the humidor when you come in off to the right. Um, other than that, you know, we got some great partnerships with Crux. I mean, everything Crux does, they age at least three years before they start rolling cigars with the tobacco Gives you that smoother mouth feel. Uh, the term they use is no no palate trauma. You know, I think that's overly dramatic. You know, it's I, I say like a, you don't feel like you got to shave your tongue the next day, um, or you can taste the next cigar. Uh, that's the first experience I've had with cigars where I could have one after another after another and still taste them. Is when I I came here and hung out with the owners at Crux one night, and that's before I actually worked here. So nice. Uh, really enjoyed that. We have a great partnership with uh, Warfighter uh, Tobacco, a veteran-owned and operated company that used to be located here in Nebraska. Uh, unfortunately, with our tax laws, they're now down in Texas, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Nebraska isn't uh, the most tax-friendly state sometimes. Um, and then, uh, boy, what else? Uh, we carry uh, usually some crowned head cigars, has been uh, good to us lately, uh, Archetype from Ventura, um, and then Cohiba, our, our private lounges co-branded with Cohiba. Nice. So, yeah, we'll give you a tour after we're done here, and, and you can check that out. Uh, so we carry a fine selection of theirs, too. And we do find that we're, we're mostly a boutique cigar shop. Uh, we'd like to get one of those uh, a little bigger name that's a little bit more recognizable that people come in and, you know, hey, I, I want a Oliva. I want a Macanudo or something like that. Uh, so we need to kind of move that way a little bit. But we're, we're definitely a great shop to come to if you're looking for the boutique stuff.
0: No, absolutely. This is a this is a great shop. It's a great location. Uh, it's beautiful on the inside. You've got a conference room. You have a private area for your for your members. It, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Tim and I will be recording the first, uh, which by the time this comes out, it'll already be out, but it'll be the first Patreon-exclusive show, uh, Tales from the Lounge, and we'll be recording that at Cigars Lounge. Tell us a little bit about uh, your lounge, uh,
1: where it's located, and what uh, folks can expect. Well, we're down in the Haymarket at 800 Q Street, Suite 104. And we're down the alley between Q&R and 8th and 9th. It's a parking structure. Basically, everyone in Lincoln knows where Barry's is. Just go north down the alley. Uh, got some bright lights, and you can see the sign. So it's, it's a little bit off the beaten path. Um, but uh, you can find it. It's, it's worth finding it. We also have a pretty good old-fashioned. But, it, it <laughs> but it's cra- not made by Kelly. No. So, you know, the... The crazy thing about cocktails, too, is old, old fashions, I've been drinking them forever. And um, I still make an old-fashioned, for some of my customers, the way I learned 30 years ago, wow. 35 years ago. When I was 15, so 40 years ago. Wow. And back then, you just took a cherry and muddled an orange with it and muddled a sugar cube with it and filled it with ice and filled it with Jim Beam and, and put a cherry on top, and that was an old-fashioned cocktail. And I
3: still like them that way. It's a, it's a, it's a mid-century old fashion. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> a real old, old fashioned. like that. Well, I mean, so old fashions <clears throat> go back to the 1860s. Yeah. Uh, but most old fashions you get today are from 1960. Yeah. Um, some of the ones from the 1860s actually involve absinthe and nutmeg. Um, you ever thought about a, doing
0: a, an alcohol podcast?
3: Yes. <laughs> I a, uh, yeah, I a point. Um, but i mean there man there's like there's like six different iterations old fashions and the most common is that mid-century but you know but man yeah it's you know that's the classic way of right. muddling all the oranges and sugars and cherries as well so
1: i think our most popular cocktail though is our whiskey sour mm-hmm. and we make it with egg white. And It's a little labor intensive because you mix all the ingredients and you soft shake it. <laughs> I and, just saw Tim then you, go, then you, add, <laughs> then you add the ice and you shake it again. But, uh, and I love it because it's very inexpensive, mate. <laughs> 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 you know? so, but, uh, as far as the humor dose, um, you know, Perdomo is a big line for us, Esteban mm-hmm. Carreras is a huge line for us. Um, Ashton, the Ashton salesman is probably the greatest salesman I've ever met in my life mm-hmm. because he, Sam's his name, he came in and you got to get Ashton. you got to get Ashton. And I've had some Ashtons, and I, I'm not. I mean, they're really light-bodied, like full-bodied. I'm smoking last rites right now, mainly, And um, we'll get some San Cristobals, too. And now Ashton San Cristobal in La Roma probably makes up probably 20% of my humidor. Because every time he'd walk in, he'd say, well, try this, Quintessence. Try this, Elegance. Try this. Like, Man, that's really good. i got to get that, I too. got to get that, too. And right now, the San Cristobal is probably our biggest seller.
2: That, that's what I bought when I was in your lounge. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah San Cristobal. Yeah, sure
1: did. But we got some AVO. We do Warfighter as well. Nice. And um, I had Crux as well. The Crux story is actually kind of funny because they had like a two o'clock appointment or something down here. <clears throat> and they'd gotten online and they saw our place and they said, let's go check that out. We mm-hmm. open at noon. So they're setting these two guys I think they're from Texas. Just nice is what it was. Gave me a cigar. It was really good. And uh, I said, well, you are you doing exclusive with them or can I get them too? And he said, well, let me call you back. Cause he didn't want to make you guys mad. So then the next day he's calling me and goes, yeah, we can sell you some cigars. So I think I got, I I don't have the full line they have. I, I got like four or five different ones, you know, and put them out and they sold, sold pretty well. When they were run out, I'm not reordering them because like I say, it really doesn't do us any good to have the exact same products in the shelf. Right. And um, I'm really excited because we just, A working deal with La Florida Minicana to get them in. I love that cigar. cigar. Those are Mm -hmm. good cigars. Those are really good cigars, too.
0: Wow. Gentlemen, I I just want to say real quick, with all all the drama going on right now uh, in the cigar industry, it is mind-blowing to see the level of community and camaraderie that these two shops have, Capital and Cigars. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely amazing. Uh I wish I lived in Lincoln if it wasn't in Nebraska I might think about it I'm joking Jeff I, I, I'm joking. Uh so it's it's great that that you guys have this and you guys are making the community better and you're making the cigar culture grow here in Lincoln so thank you guys for that it's amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to to podcast from from your lounge tonight and your lounge tomorrow. It, it's a great time. Come out, visit when you're in Lincoln. Capital Cigars uh, and Cigars Lounge is a great time. Uh, say hi to Kelly. Say hi to Jeff. Or you don't say hi to Jeff. That's fine, too. Say hi to Tony and Stacy guys. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been an absolute blast.
1: Thanks for having us. Yep. Thanks, Thanks you. for having Thank us. Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right, and that'll do it uh, for this episode of Simply Stogies. Join me next time when I'm not sure what I'll be talking about. Uh, talking about. If I can talk at all, but I promise it'll be Simply Stogies. Thank you for
1: listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies.